Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Um, I'm joined, of course, by John today, my co-host. What's up? Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyways, so the one thing that we want to talk about today was recovery-based training. So I know it sounds like a kind of a woo-woo type thing, but one of the biggest ways of looking at it is you're not going to grow from something that you can't recover from. Exactly. So what we're talking about is couch, potato chips, <laughs> and a Coke. Protein shake on the way home and you're good and recovered. It's all you need, man. Yep. Yep. So speaking of recovery, how's your uh, ankle doing from your little mountain run this weekend? It is recovering. <laughs> and not because I'm not running on it because, you know, I've been running every day since it happened. It's a terrible idea, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's what everybody keeps telling me. Mm-hmm. Go to the doctor, they say. Get an nah, x-ray, they say. I don't suggest going to the doctor unless you feel something clanking or something loose. No, actually, it's uh, it's starting to feel a little normal again. So. That's good. Yeah. So you did the Grand Further Mountain Race that they actually turned virtual and increased yeah. the difficulty on. What did you think about that? Um, Besides the ankle, of course. Well, you know, so... The first year I did that race, it was that, that same course. Um, and then we had the big storm or whatever uh, two years ago that, that messed up the trails pretty bad. So then they had to change up the course to an out and back instead of a lollipop. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, they put the Cragway trail back in. Okay. And I really remember that being a lot more magnificent than it was. Um, what do you mean? I, like just technical just, just the way, just the, way just the the views and things which oh, i mean okay. don't get me wrong the views were still good yeah. and i don't know if it's because at that point i was just like in pain and i wanted to be done um and and i will be completely honest trail conditions were horrible um everything was underwater i mean ankle deep mud everything was gre- i mean greasy mud slick rocks which is pretty much what led to my mishap um but yeah so it, it was a pretty day, but trail conditions made it kind of an awful day um, as far as, you know, footing, seeing where you're going, yeah. um, and all those things. And then, like I said, trump, you know, tromping up Cragway was uh, just nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah, it rained on us uh, when I did it last last year. Yeah, when I did it, it pissed poured rain for like an hour. But... You know, like everything was fairly dry until that point. Yeah. And then after that, like it wasn't too bad because it rained for like an hour. You know, I was out there for like six hours. So we had a little bit of time to dry up. I think they said they had had like six or seven straight solid days of just rain. And of course, Friday it dumped rain. I think they had like four or five inches before we went up. So, I mean, we already knew it was going to be bad. But that's pretty much the worst I have ever seen those trails. I gotcha. Yeah. I'm good. What was your finish time with the? I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> Were you under the six? Uh, no, no. Ooh. Yeah, I was over that. Um, luckily, luckily, being a virtual, there wasn't a cutoff time um, that yeah. would go around. Oh, okay. Um, and so I started there. We started the race, and then I got hurt. So pretty much, you know, everybody went on. Uh, Sean came back, you know, most of the way with me just to make sure I got back. And then, um, you know, I beat myself in the head till I went, hey, I'm going to do this and took off again the second time. So 
realistically it was like 18 an 18 mile day yeah um so you know not too bad i guess for, for six plus six hours and some change um, <clears throat> it's a terrible idea but definitely not i mean that's something i normally do in like three hours three and a half hours or whatever yeah. so i wasn't real happy with being stuck out there for six plus hours yeah but it happens man it was my decision so yep so what's your training schedule looked like this week with the ankle so this week it's been uh, pretty much uh, lots of stretching. Of course, the first of the week I didn't do much of anything other than some really really light stretching. Yeah. And then um, lots of lots of ice, um, pretty much icing every icing the ankle. Thirty minutes every for the first day it was like every hour and a half I'd ice for thirty minutes um, uh, or a little bit longer, just depending. And then second day was i'm bumping up to every two hours um and then today's been you know about every three hours yeah um ice uh i really haven't done a whole lot i came you know i came in yesterday and just did some upper body and some stretching um uh, pull-ups push-ups yeah. just stuff to keep me moving good um keep my sanity because that's probably the biggest thing i struggle with on recovery days is sanity um and as an endurance athlete, I think I said it before, we all have body dysmorphia. So, <laughs> so the first thought is, oh God, I'm going to be off my feet, not running for a week or two, and I'm going to get fat and totally blow my <laughs> endurance um, <laughs> in two weeks. Already going lame, man. You yep. just got to take you out back, put a bullet in you. That's pretty much <laughs> the thinking. Um, but yeah, so it's been really light this week. Uh, just, you know, in the past, <laughs> I've in the past of my younger self, my younger days, I probably would have been out running. I'd have slapped a brace on, took off and ran and ignored it. But I'm trying to be a little smarter. Yeah. Well, so anytime you're in competition like that, man, you just, sometimes you just got to deal with it. Yeah. You know, and training completely different. If you're training, then you take it easy. Like you don't want to injure yourself in training. One of my, uh, one of the big like quotes that I really like is training should be efficient or, or excuse me. No, I said that backwards. Training should be effective. That way competition can be efficient. Yeah. So when you're training, man, you want to get all the hard shit out of the way. Whenever you're ready for the competition, that should be one of your easy days. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? You know what you have to do. You just have to go out there and give it a hundred percent, do it and get it out of the way. Yep. So whenever we talk about recovery based training, the big part of that is going to be recovering from everything that you're doing to your body in a smart way. You know, a lot of people, they hear recovery, they think, oh, okay, I'm going to take a rest day, not do anything, get plenty of protein in, and I'm good to go. Yeah. So, and don't get me wrong, those are aspects of it, but one of the big things about recovery-based training is anytime you're not working, you are recovering. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, you recover in between sets. Sometimes if you're maxing out or something, you'll recover in between reps. You know, you get yeah. that little two-second pause at the top, go back down, that's still recovery. That's still your body pushing nutrients through your muscles. So to look at it as stretching, protein intake, and resting, it's pretty short-sighted, but those are activities that you want to do to it. And, of course, everything is going to go back to your goals. So talking about just strictly resistance training, because a lot of the resistance training is where you're going to need the recovery from. They're going to be more taxing on your metabolic system, more taxing on your muscular system. So anytime you're in between sets, you always want to be moving around. You know, like oh, yeah. you don't want to knock out a set of bench press and then play on your phone for 20 minutes <laughs> yeah. and then get another set in. Yep. 
Um, I like to get up, move around. That's also one of the resons why I'm a big fan of supersetting and mega setting because you can do a reverse superset to where you're doing like you mentioned pull-ups earlier. I'm doing pull-ups in between I'm doing push-ups. Yeah. <clears throat> so I'll do set 10 pull-ups, set 10 push-ups, then take a rest break. Right. That way, go ahead. That's generally how most of mine are. I love supersets. Like yep. yesterday was uh, push-ups, pull-ups. Just push-pull. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's perfect. It hits everything. Yep. But your chest is recovering while you're doing your pull-ups, and your back's recovering while you're doing push-ups. Mm-hmm. So really, you're getting two rest breaks per muscle part, yeah. but your body is still under that tension. So I was asking about your recovery week because it kind of leads us into – um well, every athlete really, not strength or endurance, but both. After a competition, you always want to take it easy for a couple of days. You know, when I say take it easy, like you did, keep moving. Don't like, you know, start binge watching Netflix and yeah. chugging Coca-Cola yeah. and beer. I'm not saying I didn't do that on day one. <laughs> I did. Yeah, well, day one's kind of your do whatever you want to day. You know, that's the little, like the high day, you know, like I did oh, it. Yeah. It's good. It's in the books. Time to move on, plan something else. But, yes, I mean, the week after that, you really want to recover and give your body a chance to get back to 100% where it was. Um, and that goes for a lot of competitions. One of the big things that you'll see, especially in the bodybuilding community and the physique community, is they're going to have that rebound week to where, you know, you drop down to single-digit body fat, and then your body does not like that. So oh, yeah. it's sucking down everything it can. You give it some nutrients, it's going to rip into them. And you're going to feel like shit. And uh, actually, right now, I've got some allergies bothering me just because, um, you know, cut grass, trimmed some trees up this weekend, got everything up in my nasal passages. Oh, yeah. So even though I've got that going on, I've still been kind of tapering back my training just because I don't want to overdo it. Right. You know, I'm not able to recover from hard training session and fight off allergies at the same time. So I've been kind of easing back on that, making sure not to push my system too much but i still wanted to keep moving keep walking around you know i've taken taking zoe on a walk every day this week just to kind of get out which is probably still killing my allergies but i'm getting some blood moving oh yeah i yeah. mean that's that's probably like one of the biggest things i think a lot of people or it's a big misconception i guess and i'll and i'll admit i was probably one of the worst um and still to a point can probably be that way um i'm one of those that that's under that school of thought of well, okay, I'm a little congested or I've got some sinus stuff going on or some allergy stuff going on. The harder I work out, I'm just going to sweat it out. I'm going to push that out of my body. Um, and, and, and it does keep things flowing, but like you say, it is taxing on your immune system. Yeah. Um, so for our longest time, I didn't, you know, I didn't even consider the immune system part of it. It was just that's your sweat recovery. that stuff out, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah recovery man. was like non-existent to me. When they said recover, I was like, oh. Are you kidding me? Like I'm not, I'm not gonna recover. Yeah. So I was just like, I got run ten miles, yeah, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. But your immune system, even when you're talking about like recovering as far as uh, your muscle tension, you know, whenever you do weight training, you break down your muscle fibers. Right. Like you cause damage there. Your immune system is what builds those back up. Right. So that's what kills me whenever I see you know all these bodybuilders saying, "Oh, just chicken and rice." There's no nutrients in chicken and rice. That's yeah. why you eat it. But that also means there's no nutrients to rebuild your muscles back to what they need. Your muscles need more than just protein Mm -hmm. to get a recovery. 
to start growing and adding to themselves to make your movements more efficient. But one of the best things you can do is just keep moving. And general rule of thumb is don't work out if it's in your chest, work out if it's in your head. Oh yeah. You know? And like yeah. I said, with me, with the allergies and drainage and all that other shit, I can't tell if it's in my head or in my chest. Yeah. So I've just been kind of pushing my training to about 40% this week. And, you know, like I said, getting plenty of blood moving because you got to get blood moving to get your white blood cells moving. Mm -hmm. So the better circulation you get, the more your immune system can fight off what's going on with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that, and like, I guess looking at the new, looking at your nutrition as well. I mean, for Mm me, one of my big things this this week, especially has been staying away from, and, and I, I usually eat a pretty clean diet anyway. Um, most of the time, but you know, there's always those occasionals, but there's not really been occasionals at all this week. My whole thing yeah. has been clean, um, whole foods, uh, no processed stuff, just trying to help things heal yeah. a lot faster, a lot better without, you know, pouring any more, um, toxins into my body and uh, toxins you know, oh, don't toxins. open that box <laughs> don't do that um, you talk about inflammatories yep yep <laughs> I, don't, I don't say toxins i don't need any more inflammatories or toxins oh, there or anything else in my body <laughs> you gotta do a detox man yeah i yeah. got this cleanse from my multi-level marketing company that you should really try out it's only like 200 dollars a month but once you try it you'll understand well, I thought I saw one. It was uh, using uh, seemed interesting like enough. I like or I know I like coffee. It was a coffee enema. I've heard about those, and so like I know you're joking, but <laughs> no, well, actually, really like did. we can have a conversation about those. <laughs> so uh, anytime something is inside your digestive tract, it is technically outside of your body right. because it hasn't been processed. Right. But if you run that track backwards you can absorb a lot more nutrients without it actually going through your organs to do right. that. That's why I know you've heard of people like doing alcohol enemas yeah, just yeah. to get lit quick. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not good, but that's why suppositories work so well. Your gut doesn't have to digest it. Your body just absorbs what's there. And this the, the yeah. guy that I heard about it on, I mean, he's one of the, he's one of the well-knowns out there in the fitness With world. With a coffee enema? Yeah. Yeah. Goodness, uh, no! I mean, if you don't love- pour coffee up your butt. If you do, at least do iced coffee. <laughs> don't do it right out of the pot. And don't try to catch the runoff. Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that yeah. is absolutely disgusting. Get a Starbucks. Yeah. Can I get two coffees? There's just one of you. Yep. One for me. The other for my butt. <laughs> Put in like a what do they call? Them? Racing catheter. I mean, but you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, the minute that thing catches on, they will have that on the marquee. Shoot. We've got espressos for your enema or espressos mm-hmm. for your. Well, just do like straight coffee beans, just espresso beans. I'm... Pop them up there, come out like yeah. deer pellets. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Okay, okay, we got into the weed now. <laughs> but, anyways. So your immune system runs every part of your recovery. It doesn't matter if it's from sickness, healing up a broken bone, or healing up um, muscle. And that's one of the big reasons why people were so afraid of overtraining. And, like, I'm a huge fan of Lee Priest. And he yeah. said there's no such thing as overtraining. Right. There's only under-recovery. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you're not recovering properly, you're going to overtrain. If you live six days a week and you're eating McDonald's, you possibly could overtrain. 
Oh, yeah. Probably but, there's probably a gazillion people doing it right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but nine times out of ten, if you're worried about overtraining, you're not going to be overtraining. Oh, you know, yeah. The yeah. only, the only like, lower-level athletes that I see that are overtraining are the ones that are going entirely too hard, entirely too heavy, competing with their friends, and eating like shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I see it all the time. I mean, just scroll, just flip Facebook. I mean, oh my God. and look, I don't have anything against like, against CrossFit, CrossFitters. How'd you know I stopped my CrossFit? I just, <laughs> I just had that feeling. And, and look, I don't have anything against it. It's whatever, mm. whatever floats your boat, yeah. Olympic lifting, whatever. Um, mm. I mean, I Olympic lifting is some good stuff. And I love Olympic yeah, lifting. It's just, just not made for 50 reps as fast as you can. Right, right. Yeah. And it's not a trademark thing, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but no, I see it all the time, and it's like, oh, we just banged out this killer workout. We're finishing it off by pounding down some IPAs. I'm like, there you go. You just blew your whole workout in, yeah. in six pints. You know, which don't get me wrong. I love a good IPA. Yeah. But when it comes to that stuff, I you know, I always consider my training, what my goal is. Is it going to help me or is it going to hurt me? Exactly. Um, and if, if you're – if you're building up for a race that's coming up or a competition in two months, it's probably going to do a lot more harm than it is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, that's it. And like, you know, you can eat cookies and all that stuff, but whenever you're doing it, you have to think, is this cookie going to hurt me? Probably not. It's one cookie. Right. But is it going to help you? No, yeah, not really. definitely not. No. Yeah. There's no way that cookie is going to help you win a competition. It probably won't hurt you, but do you want to stay where you're at or do you want to push the needle forward? And, and I'm, and speaking from like recovery and preparedness for events and competitions, I can I can tell you right now that I and I've done it myself before. I've eaten the donuts, pounded down the donuts, mm. and you got carb up, man, and the junk, yeah. and gone out, and my knees and my joints feel like total garbage the next day mm-hmm. or two days after that. And you can go right back to I just killed my immune system with all the sugar. I just Killed my joints with all the inflammatories. Um, and there you go. And that's the result. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Yeah, and that's one thing, too. Whenever you're talking about joint health, you're talking about cartilage. Cartilage, like your, um, don't mean a lot of stuff, but like your labrum, like your meniscus, um, any type of cartilage in your body doesn't actually have blood vessels going to it. The only way they get their nutrients is through friction. Right. So that's why, you know, you do your mobility warm-ups. You push the joint through its full range of motion with very little activity. That way it can get some lubrication in there, mm-hmm. and it can kind of get the tissue loosened up. So whenever you start talking about throwing some inflammatory foods in there, that's going to hurt your tissue. Whenever yeah. you talk about not getting enough water in, that's going to hurt your tissue because your tissue's dehydrated. It's just like a rubber seal. You know, think about like a 91 F-150. It's got yeah. seals in the yeah. front end. They've been beat all to shit. Yep. You take that seal out, and then you look at a brand new seal straight out of the box. It's not dry rotted. It's shiny and new. Yeah. Then that one from that 91 F-150 Ford truck, it's all busted up, dry rotted, huge cracks in it. That's yep. what your joints look like. If you don't keep them well lubricated, they're going to look busted up, and that's when you're going to start having labrum tears and meniscus tears and uh, blown out discs in your back same thing anytime you talk about cartilage you talk about something that you want to keep healthy because they haven't found a great way to replace those yet don't get me wrong science is doing some crazy stuff right now but they still can't manufacture the original manufacturer parts you know right oh yeah was it oem 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They yep. can't make the OEM parts yet. Can't get it on eBay just yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. They're doing some cool stuff with stem cells, so hopefully we will be able to soon. But right now, they've just got little aftermarket pieces that don't work with the original equipment that well. Yeah. 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 I would. I think I'd rather keep the original. I'm not uh, going to lie. Yeah. It's just that whole thing of tables, surgeons, and... Yeah. I mean, you got to do what you got to do. Oh, and yeah, like I said, sure. I mean, they are doing some cool stuff now. Uh, one of my clients recently had a knee replacement. They had a knee replacement before they became my client. And they basically put like Teflon coating to where it was bone on bone. Oh, wow. Uh, that, that, I'd never heard of that before, but like I've got frying pans at home. They're Teflon coating. Oh, yeah. They work pretty well. Huh. So. <laughs> uh, it worked yeah. for RoboCop. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a the way he talked about it it's like a bone graft yeah. like they put a piece of teflon graft it to your bone and so you're not bone on bone anymore it just slides right through there said no problem his recovery was like three days and he could start walking and doing light aerobics and stuff like that very Man. nice but still you don't want to get to that point i'm thinking adamantium wolverine oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> i was about yeah. to say i know that reference i just couldn't place it <laughs> yep yeah Make my right. runs a lot faster. <clears throat> yep. So every time you start talking to somebody about the way they recovered, they start talking about that protein optimum window of within oh, yeah. 30 minutes after the workout. Yeah. It's yeah. usually a while before I get protein mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. Especially, I mean, got all the cleaning up and changing and all that crap and then driving wherever. I mean, mm. I now. I'm not going to lie, I used to be that guy. I used to have the shaker with the protein already made. So as soon as I got done, before I even got, you know, the sweat wiped off of me, I was down in that protein. Yep. Um, yeah, I only did it because that's what everybody was doing. Though, yeah. You know? I'm not a big fan of it. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not <laughs> saying it's not the correct thing to do. I've never been a big fan of it, um, especially if I'm doing like a heavy leg day. The last thing I want to do after that is throw a ton of protein in there. Oh, yeah. And I will have gas like you do not believe yeah. after that just gastric distress out the wazoo man literally <laughs> now yeah. i think about it but well, one of the big things that i always did was a i try to get my electrolytes back up yeah so those uh gu roctane tablets yep. i've been taking those after workout and dude you talking about feeling good afterwards yeah you get that calcium magnesium and everything back in your body because i mean you need calcium for uh, muscle contraction yep. you know you need calcium for your heart to function properly to throw all the nutrients through your blood. All right. So I was just thinking about that one day. I was like, I wonder, I wonder how that would work. So after my workout, I pop one of those. You know, like that just drained feeling you have after workout. Yep. Not that bad, man. I ain't gonna say it went away, but it definitely cut it in half. Yeah, I use those and uh, noon tablets. N U U N noon. Yeah, those are good too. It's probably one of my favorite and electrolytes, man, because they, I mean, they have the full spectrum. You know, everything from I mean, everything, calcium, potassium, um, you know, your sodium. Yeah, it's got like some, some B6 vitamins, in there, too. Yeah, um, I was about to say. B some vitamins, uh, it's got, and they, they sweeten everything with stevia, so you're not having yeah. the, you're not getting the crazy sugar or the junk in there. And then, I want to say, there's actually some ginger root in there as well. I know the Goo Rock Team tablets yeah. have ginger root, which helps with stomach issues. Yeah. So those are, the, those are actually my two go-tos, and I do... Um, after runs and workouts, I'll pop one of those uh, uh, tablets in my water and guzzle down on water yeah. and get that out of it. Um, but yeah, that's usually one. Of, that's usually the first thing I look at. Is electrolytes. Yeah, and 
like I said, you know, it's just because of that contraction stuff. And mm-hmm. whenever you start talking about protein too, you know, I mean, not only does it mess with my stomach, but also you got to look at like the absorption rate of protein. Yeah. Now it varies from person to person, but you're looking at probably 15, 20 minutes to digest, yeah. a, you know, start digesting the protein. You're looking at hours to digest an entire protein shake. So that 30 minute window thing must be bullshit because you can't absorb that much protein right. at once. You right. know what I mean? So, and like I said, everybody's different. Jim Stepani, he uh, suggests doing dextrose. Like his big thing on the gym army is popping some gummy bears afterwards. Get that glycolytic pop. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's good too. I mean, you can use that as a way to stimulate muscle growth. Yeah. So, it's not a bad thing whatsoever. It's just different practice. Yeah. Just what feels best to you, honestly. Yeah, for me, uh, there's a lot of days that pretty much the only thing that I do would be my electrolytes. And then I won't even, I won't eat protein till dinner, mm-hmm. especially to my lifting workouts. So, I mean, most of my workouts are fasted anyway. Yeah. So, depending on what my goal is for that day or as far as how long I'm fasting, yeah. I won't do anything other mm-hmm. than electrolytes and water. Um, but, you know, there's some days I, I'll, I'll get something, but it's usually electrolytes. Yeah, it's me. And, like, you bring up a good, um, you bring up a good topic there is it kind of depends on you know, when you got your workout schedule too. Right. You know, like I usually work out about two thirty, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I'll have my breakfast that has protein with it and usually carbohydrates. And then my lunch will have, you know, steak and veggies. Yeah. So it's protein there too. So I'm getting in two meals of protein, but my last meal of protein is usually about two hours before my workout. Yeah. Cause dude, if I eat anything an hour and a half before my workout, it just tears me up, man. Oh yeah. I can't yeah. like, you can't and just I, jump right I, into I it. I used to be the guy that would, you know, breakfast at, my first breakfast was, you know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. And then my second one was at 9. Mm. And then I came to the gym at yeah. lunch. And since I started fasting so many, quite a few years ago, um, I mean, I'll get up and do coffee and water in the morning. Yeah. And nothing before my workouts, man. And I, well, you'll see me. I mean, I can bust through a workout. I've got way more energy fasted than yeah. I do. You know, if I eat, if I eat my workouts, I'm lazy. Mm. I can't, I feel like I've got way less energy. Um, yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's the, that, I mean, that's one of the things though. It's different for everybody. And it I is. think a, a lot of times people think, well, I want to do, I want this, I want the same cookie cutter program as that guy's got. But the reality is you can do some of that, but you're a totally different yeah. person. No, no, you don't. You don't want anybody's <laughs> cookie cutter workout. You yeah. want your personalized right. workout. Yeah. And, and that's that's what I found worked for me. So you know, and I've tried other stuff. I mean, you saw me when I tried some pre workout one time. That was oh yeah, you had a hard time. Well, yeah. so you messed up in the first place. Hey, that was one of the strongest pre workouts I'd ever tried. Like, I mean, that stuff had like four hundred milligrams caffeine, in it, dude. That was some, and that was like one of four or five different stimulants. Yeah. That was some strong shit. And two, you were going for a two thousand meter rope. Yeah. You don't want something that's going to jack your heart rate up just so you can jack your heart rate up. <laughs> I do pre-workout for resistance yeah. workouts. If I'm doing uh, like a conditioning day, I'll have like my uh, uh, what is it? My amino energy drink because yeah. it's got some amino acids in there, which we can get on that topic too. It's not just expensive piss, but it has like maybe 125 milligrams yeah. of caffeine. So it's got a little bit to get you a little pushed up, yeah. but it's not going to put you through the roof. 
that stuff. What, what, Mr. Hyde? What was it? Demon juice. Demon juice. Yeah, buddy. Demon juice. Oh, wow. that stuff will put you through the. I mean, my heart rate will hit like 160 sitting yeah. in a chair. And you did that and then went for a 2,000 meter row. So, yeah. Yeah, was, I thought that it was not a good day. Yeah. And I, ever since then, I mean, <laughs> I haven't. I got some good stuff for you to try, man. I'm pretty uh, organic these days. Like, I don't do. Like, ah, you got to get that caffeine in, man. Well, see, that's the thing, though. I drink like a pot of coffee before I go to bed to sleep better. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know that it really affects me the way it does everybody else. Eh, well, I mean, it may not, but it'll definitely give you a little boost. I mean, I mean, I, it's got other stuff in it. It's not just caffeine. Like, this is actually one of my favorite ones right here. We got some uh, Muscle Farm Assault Black. This stuff is awesome. If you're looking, it's, it doesn't have a pump matrix or anything like that in there, but it's got some very good stuff. And it's also got a neuro, uh, what they call a neuro igniter. So it actually like gets your brain fired up or do stuff. That way you're not just sitting there just jacked, don't know what to do. Oh, yeah. Like you're actually pretty chilled out. So I mean, it's some good stuff, but I suggest starting out half a scoop to like 20 ounces of water water it down a little bit before you get in your system but yeah. that and mes- uh, muscle farm wreckage those are my two go-tos i love those because it's oh. got enough caffeine to get you up there but it's got enough um of the mood stabilizers and stuff like that to where you're not feeling like crackhead itchy yeah because yeah. that's that's usually what happens to me oh, yeah. i'm coming out of my skin or my skin's coming off me yeah. one or the other i don't know but <laughs> yeah. the only thing i guess i use uh and have in the past few years, quite quite a long time, is the Captra. I still use it. I didn't get anything off that, man. I use it now. I use it very sparingly. I only use it on yeah. race days now. So okay. So I'll, like, in the morning when I do my pre-race meal, which is usually eggs, mm. I'll fry eggs in, in Captra, and it usually yeah. helps me a boost that day. Mm. Um, but I used to use it religiously, like, every training, every race. But I think it's like anything else. I think your body can, your body gets used to it and yeah. it, it uses it differently. And Yeah. Well, I mean, whenever I was doing <clears throat> keto, uh, I got it from Pirello or somebody. And they were talking about mixing some of the cap try, which is just MCT oil for the listeners. It's a brand name of MCT oil. Putting MCT oil in black coffee yeah. and using that as yeah. a pre-workout. I did do that. Dude, no, no, it wasn't a pre-workout. That was coffee. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. 80 milligrams of caffeine isn't enough to get me like hyped up, ready to roll. Oh know? yeah, yeah. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, it was good. I guess I had energy throughout the day, but I'm like you. I drink a pot of coffee. My pre workout has caffeine in it. My amino acid drink has caffeine in it. Like, I'm getting in probably a thousand milligrams of caffeine a day. So, like black coffee and MCT oil isn't going to get me jacked up for anything. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I guess, yeah, I don't get a whole lot of caffeine other than the coffee I drink. That's pretty much yeah. it. But, yep. So, pre workout, I really like caffeine. And don't get me wrong, there's some other stuff too. I'm not going to go really in depth in it because that's a podcast in itself. But, but um, you probably don't need pre workout when you're recovering. So, yes and no. Yes? Yeah. I like it just because you're still getting all the vitamins in there that you need while you're working out. So like on my full recovery days, I'll take like half a scoop in the morning because you're still getting that caffeine pop in there. And I mean, anytime you increase your heart rate, you increase circulation. That's true. Yeah. But you also have, uh, I've got one that has a vasodilator in it, kind of like a nitric oxide. That's a vasodilator. It relaxes the smooth muscle in your veins or your arteries, excuse me, to where blood flows more freely and it's not as taxing on your heart. 
That's true. So I'll still do half a scoop on my recovery days. I, I really enjoy it. I do. Maybe I need to try it. <clears throat> it's worth trying. And like if you uh, take half a scoop of that and then you do a training or a stretching session, it'll increase muscle flow or muscle flow, increase blood flow to the muscles, help you stretch a little bit deeper too. Mm-hmm. And you don't really have to do much of a mobility warm up just because all that caffeine is going to increase your body temperature anyways. Right. Yep. But now, like I said, I do it. I'm not a big fan of a lot of supplements, but I do enjoy pre-workouts. There's only a couple of them that I really go to. I've tried, I've tried a bunch of them. I'm not going to say every one on the market because every time I say that, Facebook like sponsored ads pop up oh, for Lord, some yeah. homegrown I just, shit. <laughs> I remember when I got into the pre-workouts, it was Nitrix, and it came in a red jug, and it was blue flavor and red oh, flavor. Oh yeah. And that was like when, that was like when pre-workouts were like just becoming the thing. Yeah, it's back when they were unregulated too. Oh god, they had yeah, all man. kind of stimulants in yeah, there. Yeah. I remember, I remember doing some bike rides with that stuff in there, and I yeah. thought, oh my god, I get <laughs> you get on a climb and you yeah. thought your heart was gonna come out of your chest. Yeah, yeah, yeah man, you don't do that stuff for cardio. Events. Oh yeah, man. <laughs> no. It was like. Oh, use this because it's going to help your endurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah. No, it won't. <laughs> I'm laying on the side of the road, you know, yeah. 10 miles into a 50 mile bike ride or whatever. Like, oh, I'm something's wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, that's back when they used to put, uh, oh, what was it? What were Yellow Jackets? Not epinephrine. What am I thinking of? Oh, ephedrine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They used to put ephedrine in them too, yeah. man. Like, oh, my God. I got jacked, though. I'm not going to lie, man. I yeah. was like swole. I'm sure. Way more slow than I am now. <laughs> but no, I took uh, one stuff. I don't even remember the name of it now. Uh, it'll come to me. I'll think of the company here in a second. But I took this stuff, man, and, like, I got tunnel vision. Like, I was about to black out. Oh, yeah. Like, seriously, 20 minutes later, I was just sweating. And, like, my heart was thumping. You know where you can feel it in your temples? Yeah, yeah. Like, it was doing that. And, like, I started getting tunnel vision. I was like, oh, my God, I've got to eat something. Did you ever try yeah. those red lines? I tried them. I didn't get like too much out of those. downstairs with the yeah, red yeah. line in it? Yeah, like the pre-made yeah. drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like the bullets or whatever they were mm. called. I remember Rob and I. I never tried there. the bullets. I tried like the 12-ounces. Yeah. I never tried like the, the little concentrated the guys. Concentrated yeah. bullet. So we were doing this this bike race out in Trap Hill, North Carolina, which is like on the outskirts of Wilkes County. So everything's like straight up just mountains. Mm-hmm. And so it's like a, I don't know, it was a 63, 64 mile, it was a century ride. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but right out of the gate, you got like a five or five and a half, six mile climb. It just, mm. it starts, you know, it just gets steeper and steeper and steeper. And then you're yeah. on mountain roads climbing straight up this mountain. Yeah. So Rob over here decides to down one of those red lines a few minutes before we started. And man, we got like two or three miles into that climb and he, he's like, beat red and he's like dude he's like i'm done he's like my heart rate is so high <laughs> i was oh, yeah. like what yeah, that'll do it for you but yeah it's uh <clears throat> excuse me yeah good old pre-workouts oh yeah some good stuff man right, well like i said some of them are some good stuff some of them are just ridiculously high in caffeine and they'll throw a couple other random yeah. ingredients yeah. in there for shits and giggles see what yeah. happens but now, i usually testing. Yeah, the only supplements I really take now are uh, pre-workout, like I said, just because I love that feeling. And creatine, man. Yeah. Like, creatine, 
like you can read studies on that. That ain't like any type of anecdotal stuff. Yeah. And plus, you can get like a three month supply for twenty bucks. Yeah. So that ain't expensive either. So I really enjoy it. I take a multivitamin every now and then when I remember to take it. Yeah. But mainly, I just don't do that either. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're saying here, folks, is is be aware of what you're putting in your body on your recovery days. Well, pretty much every day, but especially on your recovery days and after big events, races and competitions, whatnot. Yep. Because, you know. Uh, yeah, and I mean, even with that, so you can also crash your immune system too. Yep. You know, a lot of bodybuilders and physique competitors, bikini competitors, all that, man. You know, they extreme diet for nine weeks out. Got to get as lean as possible. Got to dry out, get the veins popping try to get all of the muscle to pop right in the beginning. So what yep. they do, they eat chocolate right before they go on stage. Vasodilator opens those blood vessels up, gets them nice and wide, and they're completely malnourished because they've been eating, you know, tilapia or chicken and rice and chicken yeah. and more rice with a side of rice. And a rice cake. Yeah, yeah, with rice cakes. No peanut butter, no nothing. And then, you know, nine weeks out, man, celebration party oh, after yeah. the big competition. Let's get some yeah. pizza. Let's get some wings. Let's get some beer. And yeah. then they've got like flu symptoms oh, yeah. for a week. And know? I'm not going to say it. that is a huge thing for uh, endurance athletes. I'm not even going to lie. Post bike really? race. Oh, God. Damn, I think man. it'd be that bad on you because y'all yeah. kind of keep your nutrition on point all the way up yeah, to Yeah. I mean, you know, it's. Because you don't have to weigh in. Like, you don't have to yeah, get lean no, or anything. I mean, yeah. So that's like, that's the post race thing, though. Um, especially like in bike riding and when I race cross, yeah. you know, that's, that's part of the whole scene there is, you know, it's usually, there's oh, usually wow. a couple of breweries there. And oh, it's like the obstacle course races. Oh yeah. Once but, you're done, man, it's, uh, oh, let's go hit some, let's go get some beers and, and pound them down. And, you know, the serious guys are the really serious guys. You won't see them over there. And there's the ones that are just there to have a good time and there's nothing wrong with that at all. Yeah. I'm not saying there is. But if you're one of those serious, like, looking to get top steps and, and looking yeah. to have, you know, a good career in that, you know, it's yeah. it's probably not for you. No, no, I can definitely see that. I mean, and it, you, you, and even for me, it's, you know, um, depending on what the race is. I mean, if I, done, mm. if I knock out a 50-miler or something, you know, or I go do a 50-mile race or whatever, yeah, you know, obviously – your immune system is tanked already. Yeah. So you definitely have to be cognizant of no, like, recovery. Well, so, I mean, it's not even, like, it's not a difficult thing. You know, mm -hmm. like, you can still celebrate. You can still do some stuff. Just make sure you recover first. Right. Like, the competition is at the end. Yeah. It's the recovery from that because mm -hmm. that's the worst thing you're going to do. When I did the uh, Natural Mountaineer uh, men's physique competition in Lenore two years ago. No, year last year. Yeah, yeah. last year. When I did that, you know, like, I didn't do any type of extreme dieting. I stay lean year-round. Yeah. I mean, my diet is usually always on. Not always on. My diet is on usually, I don't say 90% of the time. Not like, I don't want to hey, I don't want to fudge it too much. But we'll say that, you know, my diet's on 90% of the time. So, I stay lean. So, I wasn't really worried about that. I did two weeks of cutting, basically, to drop some water weight. And... I had the competition. Everything went good. After that, I got a huge salad, like yeah. grilled chicken, big salad. Get those greens, get the phytochemicals in me, get the fiber in me. So Saturday night, that's all I had. I probably had a gallon of water, big salad, probably 
two chicken breasts diced up on that thing. Sunday night, that's when I had my pizza. Oh, yeah. You know, like I got my immune system back. I got my digestive system put back on track that night. Sunday morning, woke up, fixed two eggs, light breakfast, just to make sure I didn't have anything gumming up my system. And then Sunday night, that's when I had my pizza and beer. Yeah, that messed you know what we do. Like, I guess this past Saturday, we we hit the, we hit the, the, our usual spot up there after the race. And I had some brisket and, uh, sweet potato stuff, sweet potato, um, and yeah, water, lots of water. Yeah, water's then, huge, man. When you talk about recovery, even in between, like during your workout, water is your friend. Oh yeah, but then I didn't, I didn't really, I didn't cut loose the next day because I was dealing with this, and I was like, okay, so yeah. you already know you're gonna be off your foot for at least a week, maybe two, um, mm-hmm. or at least from running, um, so. We're not going to overdo it and over-celebrate the yeah. overzealous this go-around. So oh, yeah. it's been, you know, proper calories. <laughs> it's always a good place to stay. Yeah. Budget yeah, here and there. Yeah, I'm probably, I mean, I'm, I'm 9%. Like, my week's usually the same stuff pretty much every day. I mean, I usually do, I usually have, realistically, uh, a salad with, you know, chicken breast, avocado you know the the basics olives you know those things at lunch on days i eat those are my non-training days Mm um i don't usually do i don't usually get sideways except for you know be like on the weekend um if i'll get up on saturday that's usually my long run day and i'll do whatever 20 mile (laughs) run yeah come home water eggs um you know avocado something like that and then um either that night or on sundays when i'll have something that i normally wouldn't yeah. whether it's if it, even if it's pizza we do like cauliflower crust pizza or yeah. wings or something like that but yeah still make the healthier options that's about as sideways as i really get or yeah. i'll have you know some uh fried pickles or something like that from, with my steak or something but yeah, yeah. So one way that this kind of ties in to, you know, the whole dad theme that is going on is whenever you're in the hospital, whenever, you know, baby's waking up in the middle of the night, you know, the first two years of the baby's life, then one of the big things you have to focus on is your recovery as well. You know, like whenever Raylan loved his 2.30 a.m. feeding, I really had to back off on that because I wasn't getting a full night's sleep. You know, I was getting like a three and a half hour nap. Now I'd feed him for about an hour and then I'd get like a two, two and a half hour nap before I had to get up and go to work. So one of the big things I want to do is make sure that my training was matching my recovery because, you know, at that point my recovery wasn't my choice. It wasn't, yeah. I was staying up late just playing video games or something. So remember that like, you know, you still got stuff to do. You still got job to work you still got the family to take care of your training i'm not gonna say you should come second because you should make your health a priority oh yeah for but sure. you know back off on a little bit there's nothing wrong with dropping down to 60 70 percent for yeah. a couple of months i'll give your body a good time to start fully recovering yeah i mean that's yeah i, mean, I went through that same stuff i mean obviously we all did as his parents yeah. um but you know also you know when when my son was born i was kind of in my I guess, heyday 
mm. uh, at that point in time. So recovery was a priority, but not a huge priority. Yeah, it, gets, it, was, it gets iffy at that time. Because yeah. it was, you know, got to make the priority the family, but then the second priority is training. So a lot yeah. of times recovery was either third, fourth, or fifth on the list. <laughs> yeah. Because you got work and food and everything else. Oh, yeah. Um, but then, you know, now, now I mean, I look forward to recovery days. Like, and I used to do like two days and three days and mm. four or five days a week, yeah. you know, and I didn't let in, there wasn't recovery. It was, you know, in the gym, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, also on Monday, it was uh, in the gym and then running. Mm. On Wednesday, it was the same. On Tuesday, it was a bike. On Thursday, it was a bike. On Saturday it was a bike, um, and Sunday was Sunday would be I guess what you would call a recovery day, but I would probably end up doing something anyway. Yeah, um, and that's usually that was my schedule. I mean, mm. two days, and then there was like I said, there was sometimes when I was on when I was racing triathlon, it was three days. Um, so racing was or recovery was not a huge priority at all. Yeah, um, and mm. then my son came and and it still stayed like that for a while because yeah. like I said, I was racing my butt off. Um, but now I look, you know, now I look forward to, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Fridays or gym days and that's it. Yeah. I go home or, you know, hang out with the family and, and, and recover, relax, yeah. um, stretch, uh, do a little core stuff at home. Like we talked about, you know, watch TV, do core or, you know, stretch, yeah. <laughs> um, yoga at home with the kid. Um, so you can really like you know as a parent you can make her you can actually make recovery fun and oh yeah yeah definitely with purpose yeah and I mean so with me recovery like I'll still like use weights you know like I've got some recovery flows with kettlebells yeah to where I'm using you know a twenty percent weight for an exercise and then you just kind of move through it you know kind of like a flowing meditation right. almost to where you're just getting in there opening the joints up getting the heart rate up a little bit getting some muscle activation. But nothing strenuous, you know, I'll yeah. still sweat, but I'm not like getting out of breath doing it. Right. Kind of like my form of yoga, I yeah. guess you could say. And so, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. The big thing is what's your intensity like? If your intensity is over 50%, then you're really not doing much of a recovery. Right. You know, I mean, that could be considered active recovery, I guess, but you're still kind of pushing it. And if you've already been pushing it to 80, 90% for a couple workouts that week, it could put you into overtraining, especially if your sleep is off because the little one's getting up or, you know, mom's getting up, pumping, doing whatever yeah. she's doing. So you really want to look at that and kind of base your recovery around what your life is. You yeah. Know? Right. So we talk about, you know, what we do on weekends. Some people work weekends. Obviously, that's not going to be your weekend. Right. You know, some people don't have the luxury of being in the gym all the time like me to where they can just knock out a stretching session or a light training session. You can still do body weight exercises to weight. push your recovery. Walk. Walk. Yes. Walking is excellent for recovery, especially, especially, excuse me, after a heavy leg day. Just getting yeah. the hips opened up, getting the knees opened up, you know, go Some hiking. Of my best runs are post leg day. Yeah. But mm -hmm. yeah, hiking, I mean, anything that keeps you in what, zone one, barely in zone two. Yeah. Yeah, you that's know. a good way to put it. Yeah. So getting your heart rate up to, you know, like, 60% max yeah. heart rate, you know, just pushing up that way a little bit. But those are, and, and runs like that, those are also 
Um, if you're one of those that's looking to burn calories and fat, those slow walks are one of the best ways to burn it. Um, yep. <clears throat> yes, it is. Another thing, too, don't skip out on the water. Recovery days, drink as much water as you can. Seriously, the more the better. You get a gallon to a gallon and a half in. Um, <clears throat> that's going to help you out. That's going to help flush the toxins <laughs> out of your body, help yeah. release the demons. Yeah. Yeah, the only true cleanse on this planet is water. So save your money, people. Unless you want to pour coffee in your butt. Yeah, I don't suggest that. They just imagine the person who's got to pour it in there. Do you get an aftertaste? Is it hot? Do you, do you use ice <laughs> co- do you use cold brew? <laughs> you would have to, right? Use nitro brew, fill the bubbles. Maybe you're in the pain. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, cold brew would probably be terrible, too, now that I think about it. Yeah. Let's get some room temperature water. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. It's a scorcher. Oh, speaking of which, Epsom salt baths. Yeah, I'm Ice baths. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually going to do Epsom yes. salt tonight because it was, you know, I've tried to keep as much heat mm-hmm. off because of inflammation. No, you can still do heat, man. Heat's going to well, relax the muscle. I mean, I've you done got a spray, little you need heat. You to ease the muscle off. Tonight's going to be my first long heat like session yeah. yeah gotcha yeah. yeah anytime i look at it um so the way that i've kind of explained it before is ice is for immediate stuff right so like you right then you hit it mm-hmm. and then you use ice you know yeah. next couple of days after that you use ice if it's a chronic injury like just a bad knee yeah. heat is usually oh, the best yeah, for sure. yeah if you have swelling Go ice. Yeah. Heat is going to make it expand the swelling. You yeah. don't want that. So if you, anytime you have swelling, go ice. But if it's just sore muscle or like a joint's just feeling stiff for some reason, yeah. heat's going to be your best bet there. Yeah, I'm definitely uh, most of the, probably 95% of the swelling is gone. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to definitely be some oh, yeah. heat. I'm starting to get that, you know, that tingly, tingling sensation of your uh, ligaments oh, nerves and tendons reconnect. and yeah. everything doing what it's supposed to do. Which is a good thing, yes. But it's like such a dull, weird. Oh, no, it's just a pain. Yeah, yeah. you start feeling your heart beating there. Yeah, buddy. Whenever you start it's moving like, around, wow. yeah, yeah. But I love Epsom salt baths, especially like if I'm doing, you know, uh, Friday. We had a damn good workout, and then me and Josh went downstairs, put in 15 minutes of jujitsu, and Josh is just you know six four, two hundred thirty pound wrestler. Yeah, so he literally just like had his way with me for 15 minutes. I couldn't do too much with his yeah. big ass. So we did jujitsu, and after that, man, I just I felt like I had been hit by a car. Like, no exaggeration. Like, I was limping out to the car. We did deadlifts, um, bench press, and pull-ups yeah. for six rounds, and 10 reps of each, six rounds. And then we went downstairs and did that, and, like, I literally felt like I got hit by a car. Hit an Epsom salt bath, man. Just melt into it hung out there for like 20 minutes listening to an audiobook so i like those but i also like ice baths so with ice baths you kind of have to be weary like you won't you don't want inflammation obviously right but you don't want chronic inflammation inflammation isn't a bad thing whatsoever right. your muscles get inflamed when they need to grow right so infl- inflammation is a good thing so i don't want to do an ice bath right after my workout but like saturday that would have been the time for yeah. an ice bath you know, after your muscles rebuilt, after you've got some protein in you, some calcium to rebuild the muscle contraction, all that stuff, you've stretched out nice. You know, you got everything pretty loosened up. 
Saturday would have, or the day after is usually the day for the ice bath. I didn't yeah. do that just because we were busy doing other shit, and I kind of had to push that off. I generally just jump in the river right after. River's good, but usually, like, unless you're up towards a mountain, it ain't going to be cold All enough. All my runs are in the mountains, so. though. Okay. I think Wilson's yeah, Creek's like 48 degrees year-round. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so, man, I used to love Wilson's Creek. So, I mean, even when yeah. I run in, like, December or January, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, we just did 20 miles. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Bam, just go jump on Wilson's Creek yeah. and try to survive. But it feels so good. Yeah. yeah Until you get out, once you're out, it's like, oh, this is horrible. God. Yeah, we used to have a place up on Wilson's Creek at Rainbow Way. Oh, yeah. Right past, uh, so you drive past the visitor center, yep. and you got the trading post on the left. Yep. Second drive on the right, not Rob's Roost, but right. the next one down. Oh, yeah. Rainbow Way, man. We'd go up there year-round. I remember I jumped in there the 1st of March when I was like 23. And literally, as soon as you hit the water, your bones start hurting. Oh, yeah. And it's one of those things where I was like, oh, God, I'm glad I can touch the ground because I don't know if I could swim out of here. <laughs> I'll tell you, when we got... We were coming back down uh, profile. Uh, we stopped and jumped in one of the creeks uh, coming down just to get all the mud and crap off our shoes. Yeah. And that was one of the best things for my, I mean, I felt, my ankle felt so good for that little bit of time oh, in yeah. that cold water. Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, I ended up taking about a bath because we were covered from, you know, waist down in mud. So Ooh. it felt great. That's good. So yeah, man. Yeah. You got anything else? I think we basically covered it. We'll talk about a little bit more about recovery and nutrition in a later podcast. Yeah, just remember it's uh, it is actually a thing and it's important. Yeah, it's very important. You can't train hard if you can't recover well. But it's also, um, and we kind of touched on it, but from the family standpoint, those are if if you're a person who's you know very dedicated and you're training and you have some huge goals and you have a you know a whole calendar of races and events coming up it's definitely great to plan your recovery around that but it's also great to plan your recovery around your family and what they're doing and make recovery time family time um like i said walks walks with the family hikes with the family those are all great active recovery um i like the term active recovery because you're still wanting to stay active um so you know Family walks, family hikes, um, family stretch sessions, uh, whatever. Those are great times to include your family into what you're doing. Yeah, um, yeah. And I mean, you can literally include the entire family because, yeah. like we talked yeah. about, your recovery should never be an extreme sport. Right. You know, everything should be nice, low uh, impact, low yeah. activity. Yeah. Trying to get everybody in on that. That'd be good, and you'd be setting up some good habits for the rest of the family too. That's it. Yep. All right, man. Well, thank you for your time. You too. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, please leave us a five star review on whatever app or, you know, wherever you listen to this, wherever website you're listening to it on. If you didn't enjoy it, still leave us a five star review because we don't care. Or four and three quarters. I'll take four and three quarters if I can get it. <laughs> That'll work too. All right. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Peace.